This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee and I'm joined by Yo Sam Joe. Hello, what's up? Yeah. And together we will share our thoughts on everything under the sun and moon that can be considered pop culture. And today we will be talking about K-pop, K-pop which I know you're very excited, Jen. This is your it's pet my topic, pet topic in life. Yeah, it's right? my pet topic. So I work in life and I write K-pop reviews for a living. <laughs> yes. So today, what we'll be talking about? We're talking about the history and evolution of K-pop, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a little bit about why certain bands like BTS are so popular. Yeah, and, and a little bit on the flip side, the dark side of K-pop. So it's gonna be a ride. Okay, we're gonna take a little deep dive down the Join rabbit us hole. On this journey. Let's yeah. Go. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, so. so why why are we talking about K-pop today? Because we know that BTS was in Singapore recently. On January 19th, yes. And this week, Blackpink will be in town as well. Yeah, they will be coming in town for their concert, for their first like large-scale concert in Singapore. And also today, which is Monday, the day we're recording this podcast, is the day that BTS presented an award at the Grammys. Yeah, the first K-pop presenters ever at the Grammys. Yeah. And they presented for the best R&B album category. So obviously... All these K-pop bands, like, you know, making headlines. Again, I say again because they've been in our psyche for quite a while now. At least 10 years, I would say. At least say, 10 yeah. years, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now they are, it seems like they're bigger than ever. They're here they to stay. They are bigger than ever, yeah. It's really a huge industry. It's worth uh, 5 billion, approximately. It's and crazy. I'm sure it's just going to go up even more as we speak. Yeah. So, so I want to know, how did this Korean wave, right? Or they, as you term it, Hallyu. Yes. Is that how you pronounce Hallyu, it? Hallyu, Hallyu. Okay. Yes. How did Hallyu all begin? So it's very interesting. I would say that K-pop is actually it's not my fave fave genre of music I grew up with like Mandopop so that's generally what I listen to but when I got into K-pop I really felt like wow this is a very well thought out industry and the most interesting thing about K-pop is that you can actually trace everything like everything goes back to Soteji and the Boys alright the first everything goes back the first, to the ancestors of K-pop yeah right? they really are the ancestors the OG of K-pop K-pop band yeah OG OG K-pop so they debuted in like 1992 they went on this like talent show and they sang their song like Nan Arayo and it was like a flop I think the judges gave them the lowest scores ever on that show but somehow that song just made it huge that year it became one of like the chart topping single in South Korea and it was a huge thing and that's really how where K-pop truly began I think like Mm. the current K-pop as we know it that's where it began and it's very interesting because it ties in with the political culture at that time in South Korea. So South Korea was actually under a military dictatorship for quite a long time. And it was until like 1988, I think, that mm-hmm. really the last very dictatorial politician was thrown out of office. So like up till then, you know, the media was very controlled and it was just under an iron fist. So when things started opening up a little bit and Soteji and Boys came in with all this hip hop, and all this rap and it was all really really refreshing for mm-hmm. the South Korean audience who aren't used to seeing these things on the big screen you know so that really opened it all up it set the stage for the rest that were to yes. come right yes. so then after then there was a the first generation so right? yeah so we speak a lot about gens like I would consider personally like, I would consider BTS to be a third gen group but I know for some Xiaomeimeis out there, you know, it's they their are, first gen. It's their yeah, first it's their love. first gen, oh. you know, it's their first K pop group. You Everyone know, will always have that band that they yeah, started out with. That they start like, out started with. Journey but, with. But to me, they are already considered third gen. When I was younger in secondary school, I think that they were considered second gen. 
So all this like first gen, second gen talk, right? When we talk about like to really contextualize it, I would say first gen are bands like HOT and oh god, I, Zexkies. I cannot pronounce their name. Zexkies. Zexkies. Yes. A German word apparently. Yes. Okay. SES uh, with Bada, Xinhua. You know, these are really first gen groups. The group that came up in the late 1990s, so like 98, 97, those are the first gen groups. Mm. And you know, they've sort of died down a little bit, although some of them have staged comebacks, like HOT have staged a comeback, Zex Keys also staged a comeback, SES staged a comeback. So Everyone has staged a comeback. Yeah, everybody you get a comeback, you get a comeback, yeah. everybody gets a comeback. Backstreet Boys, hello, West <laughs> Life. Like, I know, just, Blue. Yeah. Blue. Hello. Oh my god, it's showing the return of the age. bands, yeah. They're showing our age. Okay, but then, okay, <laughs> after the first gen, then it kind of, a, there was a there transition was a, period where yeah, solo artists came into the There was fall, a little right? bit of a transition period. So after the first gen sort of like died down a little bit and before the start of like really major second gen groups like DBSK or Super Junior, there was Rain and then there was Boa. So Boa is from SM. Uh, Rain, I think at that point was managed by JYP, although he has since like started, he has his own company and everything. JYP being JYP Entertainment, one of the major rec- Major, uh, one of studios. the big three music labels right. in K-pop. I mean, I think people forget how freaking famous Rain and Boa were. Like, right. Because, you know, they haven't... I think their popularity has died down since. You know, they're not at their peak anymore. But at that time, and you have to remember, that was a time before social media was a huge thing. Yeah. So it wasn't like you could just reach out to thousands and millions of fans easily with like Instagram and Twitter, Twitter and just and engage a bunch of people. It wasn't so easy. Streaming wasn't a thing yet. People had to really want to follow them yeah. in order to follow their idols. Right? Yeah, so you had to like were... buy things to right. follow them. It right. wasn't just like go on the internet and yeah. everything was there. Exactly. So it's really, really big. Like Boa was one of the first non-Japanese artists. I think she was the first Korean artist to chart, to debut at the top of the Oricon charts, which is the Japanese, Japanese music part, charts. Yeah. And the Japanese music market is very insular and they really support their local artists. So for Bola to do that, she really broke through uh, in that sense. And a lot of groups afterwards followed. A lot of K-pop groups now have Japanese releases and everything. Mm. And Rain, guys, like, do you remember <laughs> Full House? Full House with Song Hye Kyo. <laughs> Where he was Jen like... Jen is, by the way, if you guys can see Jen's face right now, she's just like lit up and she's yeah. like, you know, flipping her hair back. She's yeah, like, oh my remember God, reminiscing. Full House? Because Full House was such a... My, I remember being in primary school and Full House being a huge thing. And it was just like, Rain was this, Rain was supposed to be a superstar in the show. And then Song Hye Kyo was this woman who like moved into his house or something. And then they had a romance because they cohabited. It's one of the classic K-drama tropes now. So anyway, yes, back to anyway, the topic. I'm sorry. Yes. Anyway, after that, then it came the really big, big wave. That's when K-pop really, really started to make its rounds globally. And you have DBSK. DBSK, by the way, is a really sad group because they kind of like separated and bifurcated into two. I know, it's, I know. It's very yeah. sad into JYJ. But a lot of them also kind of disbanded when yeah, way before their time, I feel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then you have like 21, Big Bang, Super Junior. Those Girls are Generation. Girls Generation. Those are very classic second gen groups. Those are your Sorry, Sorry, your G, 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 Baby, Baby. Those are all those songs. Your right, Earworm right. songs. Those That was the era. And oh my God. Can I just give a shout out to Mirotic? Because Mirotic by DBSK was an anthem in my school when I was in secondary school. It was an anthem. Everybody played it. And it was super like, it was like mildly sinful because when at our age, it was a very sexy MV. So everybody was like, what? Tell us, Jen, what did you enjoy about that particular MV? It was just the abs. The abs? <laughs> just the abs. The abs. 
the the Based in unstoppable Fume apps. apps. Apps is like everywhere now. Actually, I feel like the K-pop artists are starting to like cover out a little bit more. Like back in that era, they were right, very willing right. to show. Yeah, skin. Rain was all about taking yeah, his top Rain off. Yeah, Rain right? was all about taking his top off. Suit jackets without shirts. That was a thing. Then again, I think it depends on, Whether on who hot, you la. are. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, like even you look at Big Bang, right? It's really only Taeyang that takes his shirt off all the time, right? Taeyang takes his shirt off all the, all the time. time yeah. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. like why are you not cloth? Yeah. You're not complaining though, Janet. I'm not right? complaining. Yeah. I'm not Let's complaining. Let's not pretend for yeah. a second. Let's not pretend. I'm not <laughs> complaining. Yeah. Okay. Now after that, after second gen, who do we have? Then we have like third gen, and you got like BTS, GOT7, Twice, Red Velvet, Pentagon. I think they're all considered seventeen, one on one. These are all like very new groups, and I will consider them third gen. Like, although some people argue that bands like EXO or BTS that came out a little bit earlier, right after I think 2013, 2014, those. They would consider them like late second gen, but for me, I would already consider them third gen. Right. Yeah. But it's, is it up for up to you to consider them which generation they belong to, or it's kind of like kind of amorphous? I think it's, isn't it's it? quite yeah. It's it's not very like clear cut, but I think at the very least, the second gen groups those are quite clear cut. The third gen groups a little bit iffier because you're not very sure about the timeline in that sense. Also, and, and like we said like you know it really depends on when you as a fan, yes, when K-pop came into your consciousness. So for yeah. me, my first gen was like you know. Your Wonder Big Girls. Bang and Wonder Girls, exactly. Oh my god, Wonder Girls. Wonder Girls. And I tell you, oh my god, Wonder Girls was like, I mean, to me, they're like a one-hit wonder because I only know that one song by them, you know? Nobody. Nobody, nobody but you. I want nobody, nobody but you. Nobody, 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 nobody. One, two, three, four, are you seriously? Five, six, yeah. Are you seriously going I, on? I'm seriously going on. Oh, I mean, you put a mic in front of me and you give you me a song. Sing I'll sing it. I'll sing it. But okay. I tell you something about that song. That song was so big. I think it was 2009. And I remember mm. for our scholarship ceremony, a bunch of us were award recipients, and we had we were kind of like made to put up an, a performance, and that was the biggest <laughs> song then. And so we kind of like did a little dance. Did uh, you I dance hope the video, nobody? I did. I danced nobody, and I was on crutches, so I actually had to use. You know how they had a dance move where they would with this like. This it's a little Turn, twerk, yeah. yeah There's a little would, spin. It was yeah. spin from side to side, so I mm-hmm. had to sit on the swivel chair and spin. And I got my little nobody moment in. I got my Wonder Girl oh. moment in. Is that a confession? <laughs> that was then. I mean, then. I would actually cringe right now and puke a little, I think, if I saw the video. Lah. Yeah, <laughs> so I hope it never surfaces. Yeah, yeah. let's not. I don't want to see you do that, I mean, actually. That, yeah, I know, I know. And you also have your own experience No, did with you just expose me? I did. I want to okay. expose you. I can't be the only one like bearing my soul here. Hello. Okay, yes, I have a Wonder Girls confession. In secondary four, we had this camp called Grace's Camp where we went to learn and be ladies like we learn how to you know use cutlery like or something like that and we had like a little runway show at the end of it Mm -hmm. and then we had to walk out and i did a little tell me post there tell me is like a song by wonder girls so i had to do the like tell me tell me tell me i don't i do not want to ever see that i think i was dressed in the worst thing it was like hand me down from my sister or something let's not talk about it your sister's pretty stylish no yeah yeah let's not talk about it let's let bygones be bygones like what happens at grace's cam stays at grace's cam so thankful last time no insta story i tell you yeah oh my god can you imagine it'll just be like there for eternity let's go back let's go back to the topic so what are we talking about we're talking about 
Gen, yeah, and everything. It's like BTS, Got Seven. So yeah. here's the thing about BTS. Like, I want to know. So I guess we, we should move on, right? Like mm-hmm. BTS in particular. So we've talked about all these groups from first to second yes. to third generation, but BTS seems to be the biggest yes. ever, right? Ever. And what is it about them? Okay, let's give you guys an idea. But you, of their you had popularity. a you. We did a video together actually. So we did a video on right. Sam Joe's channel called Stir, which is S T I R R. You can go follow that on Facebook. They're on Facebook on and YouTube. on YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. So we did a video on how well do BTS fans know BTS. Right. So it was a day of the BTS concert and um, we actually yeah. like stalked some fans outside of yeah. the National Stadium and yeah. we asked them a lot of uh, pretty tricky questions, I would say. Trivia yeah. questions. We had some that band. we had to cut out because for time purposes, but a lot of them actually knew a lot of the answers to a lot. And some yeah. of them were really tricky. They would know, oh, I, this is my favorite, like, you know, when you cover all their faces and you had to identify yeah, each of the seven members by hair alone. They that, were like, sure, why not? Yeah, and they did it so effortlessly. It was crazy. Yeah. It was just yeah. crazy. And they knew every little thing, like, in April 2017, like... Who did V who go did, to Jeju Island with? Yes, yeah. exactly. And Pak it was Gum. Yeah. BT Dubs. And yeah, it was great. And I was really, really impressed. I mean, I'm not that familiar with BTS. Mm-hmm. I just know that they are this super popular band and they have a whole army behind them. That's yep. the name of their fan club, right? And talk about their popularity. They have the Guinness. They hold the Guinness record for the most Twitter engagements. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about an average of 330,000 retweets, replies, likes Superstars per tweet. Superstars on Twitter, yeah. Right, they've sold out concerts globally. They've performed at the American Music Awards mm-hmm. and they just presented the Grammy Awards like we've mentioned. They've appeared on Kimmel. Ellen, um, Graham Norton. Yeah, everything. All, all the, the talk shows, shows you can imagine. And domestically, even back home, they're super popular. They've won like how many day songs? 17 or so, yeah. I think, it's around there. Major yeah. South Korean major, music Major, major award. awards. Yeah, right. so, so when why? I, why are they so popular? Yeah, it's a huge thing. Like I had to, I did an, uh, a story on BTS fans in life. Uh, you can go check that out. <laughs> <laughs> We're just plugging yeah, our just plugging our own stuff. But yeah, it's true. It's true. Yes. It just really shows you how popular they are. Yeah, it's like BTS fans. Like I did a story on the BTS army, like gearing up before the concert, and there were I I like met so many fans who were so passionate about them that. Like, one of these girls that I actually know, she actually has, like, her favourite member's birthday and the group's debut date in her phone number. <gasps> like, she managed to get it. No. Like, I don't know, at a Singtel or Starhub or something, or one of those, they gave it to her. And I was like, wow, you really... Yeah, she was like, yeah, I looked for a number and I got it. That's and I was insane. so happy. Yeah. Because it means, like, the world to her, right? To yeah, have of a course, bit of, of her idol in yes. her life, it's in her all, phone. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, she actually started this dance crew and, like, 15 or so of them get together and dance every week to BTS songs. And I thought it was, like, a very healthy way of, like, expressing your love, love for an idol group. But an entire hobby built yeah. around this one group. Yes, right? they, are, talking, they are huge. We're not talking yeah. just K-pop dance mm, in general. No, it's... it's BTS and, and they are huge and I think BTS is like a, a really great study in how to promote a group because they're very very social media savvy so they, they are a group made of millennials and they know mm. how to communicate with millennials they know how to communicate with fans on Twitter they have a specific Twitter that they tweet from and they like give you like a little bit of insights into their life and it's also really interesting I mean they have things like Run BTS which is on Live, so you can just watch that like this variety program that they make on Live, and it has English subtitles so it's very global right. they even do things like they drop songs out of nowhere like they just drop it on SoundCloud and it's free and you can listen to it and it's not included in the album so like 
Dang, which is a rap diss track that the three rappers of BTS produced and sang, was just dropped on SoundCloud for their fifth anniversary. So it's all this like little Easter eggs. Like if you're their fan, yes. you can get a lot of stuff off yeah. their just off the internet, and it's so easy to find them. And then it's also like I mean personally, one of the big draws for me for BTS is just superb dance choreography. It's right. very creative dance choreography. You see in like DNA, they only have this helix, helix move. Helix dance, dance move. Yeah. Um, and this is... Yes. And this That's is the one like, song I know. It is one song you know. But yeah, I like for me, I really like like Not Today, you know. Danger, well, all-time favourite. Danger, uh, Bipse. These are all songs that I really like and I actually really like their choreography as well. I think it adds to a visual element and that right. ties into the whole of K-pop. K-pop yes. is very, very visual and they understand that everything you need to make good entertainment, good songs, good-looking guys, yes. good-looking women. Who, who are called visuals of who the are group. Called visuals They're referred of the to group. as visuals yes. if you are the good-looking one. And then amazing dance choreography and very, very high production values in their MVs. These are all things that they gather together and they make it so... Which is why I think they make it so big. Yeah, you can and then, see the visual experiences in their DNA. Yeah, it's in their <laughs> DNA. Yes. And it's so well-conceptualized. BTS in particular is a group that's extremely well conceptualized. Recently, they had this thing, basically the BTS universe, where they released a webtoon and it basically solidified all these speculations that the BTS MVs are connected in the universe <gasps> and they are playing they characters. Are? are you serious? Yes. I know I haven't, I haven't dug into that yet because it seems like a big rabbit hole yeah. to tumble into. I haven't had time right, to tumble, right. does, tumble But does down. it hold water? You, no, you're not sure. We have to go, in. We have to go and verify. Does, does this, is it a theory or is it like No, a, no, it's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. They are characters. Like no They are way. playing a storyline. So can you imagine how much fodder that is for fans? For fans, they're keeping their fans busy. Yeah, they're keeping their yeah. fans super Every busy. Every waking moment, Every waking moment needs you have to be devoted to them. And so yes. because you can find out something new or you can find out that, oh my god, he got a tattoo mm-hmm. or is the tattoo real or fake? We don't really know. Yeah, everything, right? everything. Who's Jimin's tattoo, right? Jimin's tattoo. Yeah. Is that a thing? I, I gotta check that so, out. I have as no of idea. now, fans are still wondering if it's real. If he has a tattoo, exactly, right? Which is crazy. Yeah. And there are a lot of articles written about it. Speaking of tattoos and everything and being visual, and, the and fashion. Yes, the fashion. It's all about the fashion, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. there are such trendsetters like you look at the proliferation of all these Korean hair studios that popped up in yes. Singapore you wonder why I think it has to do with K-pop because mm-hmm. you know you have all these guys the suddenly dyes. perming their hair yes, the and colors. Like, dyeing their hair and I actually the and, you know wearing maybe not wearing eyeliner <laughs> but they do have uh, Korean guys uh, in the dangly K-bombs. earrings yes yeah, Korean everything the accessorizing K-bombs. Korean guys in, in, in boy bands are not afraid to be a little bit androgynous and yeah. experimental you know with their look right? GD in particular GD. I would say Taemin yeah those are very very trendsetters out yeah, there yeah. and um, Very would edgy. you like to share your story? Yes, I do. <laughs> no, so actually I was telling Jen that hey, you know what? I think I should get a little bit of a perm. I want to get like one of those bowl cuts and dye yeah. my hair maybe a, like pastel colour so basically, that I can look like BTS. Yeah, Sam Joe was telling me he wanted to look like BTS and I had to talk him out of it. Like, so I'm like, I also can what? No, I was like, no, Sam Joe, don't do it. Which, by the way, can I just say it here once and for all <laughs> that I don't believe like, no, go ahead and dye your hair whatever colour you want. Like, you do you you know, do whatever you want. But do not assume that doing, like, dyeing your hair and everything will make you have the aura of a K-pop star. Why not? Did. Why? No, because... A boy can dream. A K-pop star is a K-pop star because of the entire package. Because they are singing songs. BTS is BTS because they are BTS together. And then they have all these songs and all this amazing choreography. They have the costumes and they have the light shining on them and then, like, they're dancing on this great choreography and fans are screaming, that's BTS. 
if you have a BTS hairstyle, <laughs> you're just gonna be a Tobayo journalist who lives like in Bishan. You're gonna be like eating fish soup, amazing fish soup, <laughs> I near love Tobayo. The fish soup, yeah. But you're gonna be like eating fish soup with like dyed red hair yeah, or something. Sweating with, them eyeliner dripping yeah, to the soup. With yeah, with dangly earrings and your foundation coming off. <laughs> no, like you just look like a discount bang. Like <laughs> Yes, I'm sorry. A discount bang, okay? So much faith you have in me. What if I form my own group? Okay, Are look, you suggesting I should form my own group? Okay, Samjo is my Samjo is my friend. So I'm going to say you will end up looking like a chio bang. Okay, Okay, a chio bang. Which is not bad lah. Like, not bad lah. La. But most people will end up looking like discount bangs. True, like, don't true. do it. Like, don't, don't do it because you think you will end up like having the aura of a K-pop star. You wouldn't because you are not a K-pop star. Very well. Very well. I'll just stick to doing this podcast and like my yes, videos and I stuff. I don't like do that. it. Like, Sam Joe, don't do it. Like, okay. I honestly, like, everyone out there, if you want to dye your hair, go ahead. If you want to, like, emulate the look, go ahead. But don't do it with the idea that it will it will give you the aura of a K-pop star because a K-pop star is not just looks. Sigh. And Okay, you need substance. Well, anyway, yes. at this point, I would just like to remind everyone, if you're enjoying this episode of Pop Vultures, do find us on the Straits Times Podcast channel. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Like and rate us. All right, back to our show. Let's yes. continue with K-pop. Yeah, so we're talking, where were we? Uh? We're, we're talking, on You're talking about me being a discount bang. So rude. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> no, chio, chio bang. And then chio bang. And then she just bang. Okay. So no, it. Anyway, yes, we're just talking about K-pop stars being trendsetters and being really, you know, experimental in their style and everything. And I think that applies not just to their looks, but to their music as well. There's been a lot of different kind of music coming out in K-pop recently. Samjo, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the American influence and the hip-hop influence in yeah, K-pop? Yeah, and that was the thing I was, I've been meaning to say is that K-pop is seen as this like, oh, fresh new Hallyu wave and everything. But mm-hmm. the fact is, you go back to show TG and Boys again, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, it's they were borrowing very heavily from American hip-hop music, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And they just infused it with like Korean rap and Korean lyrics and therefore it seemed different. But they were actually taking a very familiar sound and revolutionizing it by making it Korean, you know? Yes, so in a yes. sense... I think part of the reason why they're so popular, not just domestically, but also globally, is mm-hmm. that borrowed a lot of hip-hop culture, which is so familiar to our mm-hmm. ears, right? Yes. So you think about Korean lyrics, but with synth beats, right? You think, you hear the beat of a song, like if you just isolate and take away all the lyrics and everything, you don't look at the MVs, you don't look at the dyed mm-hmm. hair and everything. You hear a bit of Janet Jackson, you hear a bit of Van DMC, yeah. you hear... Bobby Brown, my prerogative, you know? You hear a bit of that, even like even early the, Michael Jackson, yeah, if I, even I would the, venture to say. Even the fashion then, it was all the baggy pants, you know, every one of those, those are all right. very American. With, yeah. the, with the cap to the back and everything, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. your TLC the big and jerseys. overalls, yeah. right? The yeah. colourful shirts, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of it definitely came from K-pop culture. And if you listen to BTS songs as well, you know, I was reading a New Yorker article and they talked about how their songs really adhere to this new Jack Swing style, which really infuses late 80s R&B vocals and dance pop beats so it's a sound that seems fresh to us but it definitely mm-hmm. falls in line with like you know this tradition of, of R&B and, and hip hop culture mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so very fittingly so they actually presented the best R&B album at the Grammys this yeah. year so, you know. and they have a lot of international collaborations as well uh, it's getting more globalised so BTS had tie-ups with Steve Aoki for Mic Drop they had uh, Wasted on Me earlier this uh, last year and then they had Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj Idol, Idol yes rap and then Dua Lip 
stripper tied up with Blackpink Black or it must okay. say Blackpink like that. It must okay. Blackpink. I can't. I can't do they, it. They shout their name like they are Blackpink. Kind of, they're kind of like a date. Jason Derulo. Like I cannot. You know, I can't do it. Their name every I don't time. have that. I don't have that energy. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm old. <laughs> Blackpink and do 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 Alipa do. Do you get it? Yeah. Okay. okay I yeah. can't. No. Okay. Anyway. So then Blackpink is also going to be at Coachella. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. Coachella is a huge, huge place to play. So it's really very exciting. I've never seen. I mean, I've been to Coachella before, and I've never seen a Korean band yeah. play there. Much lesser. Okay lah, but you at Coachella okay, a lot longer ago la, so. That is true. Stop revealing my age <laughs> to everyone, Jan. You're the same age as GD. I am. I am. Okay, yeah. let's let people figure that out. Okay. Yeah. So, so the international collaborations and even in the Latin market, right? Yes, they are me? actually huge in the Latin market. So I would say some groups, like for example, Super Junior, has a very very solid fan base. There, you know, it's been 13, 14 years since their debut, but they still have a really strong base in Latin America and they play into that like I think they do know that they have a fan base there so they tied up with Rake I think R-E-I-K so that's a Mexican band with the song Ultravest and then they had Lo Siento their last comeback with Leslie Grace who is a Dominican-American artist and she sings in Spanish as well and then there's Card K-A-R-D which is a third-gen group that has a lot of like Latin-inspired music SF9 had also Meal and then BTS's Airplane Part 2 which is a sequel to J-Hope's personal song personal single Airplane was actually co-written by Havana songwriter Ali Tamposi I'm hoping I'm saying that Havana right. is in Camilla Cabello yeah. Havana Camilla wow. Cabello Havana no yeah connecting all the dots here in the music industry yeah so it's all it's very interesting because when you look at groups like BTS and the later groups you know that are coming up you know they're getting a more and more solid fan base in America and it's not just like flukes you know I mean nobody yeah. size Gangnam Style which has like 3.2 billion views or something on YouTube yeah yes. those were those were huge in America but they were you know they Somewhat were like one hit wonders yeah there was some extent. Well, yeah one hit wonders at least to the American market right yeah it was yeah. and it was taken as a little bit of a joke you know like oh Sai is this funny guy doing this dance the horse like, dance yeah the horse exactly. dance but his actually his lyrics you know is actually a satire on you know the rich the ultra rich in the Gangnam district so you know all of that the nuance fell through and then with like Big Bang you know Fantastic Baby and everything you know that had a little bit of an audience in America as well but because I think Big Bang's like I know you love it but Big Bang was very experimental visually yes yes you know, GD had this long hair flowing down to the floor oh, and it was him. all it was all very experimental. And I think that can be a bit controversial much. and a bit much for the conservative America, I think. Right, yeah. right, that's true. Mm-hmm. Also to anyone conservative, Asia or anyone around yeah, the world, like that can extent, be a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, they, but they do push boundaries and that's why they're such trendsetters. Like, yeah. you know, and I think whether or not they stay, I mean only time will tell, right? Yeah. Time is but the only I deciding factor. And you can also, see for BTS in BTS's case, like you know, people and people are rushing to collaborate with them from the inter- international market and I think that the tables really have turned because they have, they suddenly have. people are courting these Asian superstars like yeah, you know to come on their talk shows and to like get into studio with them it's, it's great I mean it's great that there's all this Asian representation but I think it's also important to remember that there is a dark side to all of this right that it's not always like peachy and cheery and the days the amount of training it takes the regime the, the contracts how tiring it all is that's, that's a real factor like Groups that you look at now that are huge, like you look at Big Bang, that really was one of the most famous second-gen groups. You know, GD talked 
talked about how in the past he had to starve because in the past he and you know he and the other group members their manager forgot to buy them food. That was when they were still trainees. Oh no! And they had to starve. Like they just went without food. They broke into their manager's room because they were so hungry <gasps> to see whether there was food, and there was, and they couldn't take any of it because they knew that if they took, the manager would find out that they took the food and they would get scolded. Why so did they, they have to starve? Were they like because they had to lose like they they were no they had to live with the manager lah, and then they don't really have a big stipend, so they mostly eat food that the company gives them, but. The manager was very busy, and he just forgot to buy them food for like a few days. Can you imagine? Like that's straight up like Maori child abuse, right? Right, right. Like a that's teenage not abuse, okay. Yeah, or, yeah. And you're then, basically like a. I mean, to put it in a not so nice manner, but you're like a little pet, and you're kept in there. Yes. And you're waiting for someone to feed you, right? And the slave contracts. Just this idea that you are tied to one company for so long, like that's scary. The idea that you can't break the contract. If you break the contract, there's a huge fee involved, and the contracts can last for what ten years. Yeah, and they have so much control. I, from what they I understand. So in the, in these yes. contracts like you know how you must look mm. whether or not you can date and chances are you can't without their approval mm-hmm. right you know you can't go public with your relationship if you yeah. have one how often do you get to do you have to rehearse or do yeah. you have free time your off free time yeah. yeah. and even abuse like recently there was this uh, group called East Light mm-hmm. they're not a big group at all and I think their members are like teenagers 15, 18 around there so young yeah and they were ver- like verbally and physically abused by their producer <gasps> who beat them with like a baseball bat and everything you're so, kidding yeah so they came out and they actually told the media that this happened and I think they're planning to take some legal action I all the best to them man because that's horrific like you shouldn't be treated like that whether or not whatever job you choose to go into that's not a way that you should treat people and it's not even just the companies even after you get big there are anti-fans mm-hmm. who hate you for whatever reasons like they spend time and devote time and energy to hating to tear groups. you down yes and the most famous example of this truly horrific you know from DBSK was poison. <gasps> An anti-fan gave him a drink laced with adhesive. That's crazy. And he drank it and he had to be sent to the hospital. He had like fainted and everything because that's poisonous. Like, what do you mean by adhesive? Like glue? Yeah, I think it's glue. I think it was oh, super glue. Man. Yeah. He drank it and I think it closed up his airways or something or it really like, mm. you know, messed with his body and he had to go to the hospital. Luckily, he's fine. Everything turned out to be, he's still healthy. He's very active in the K-pop industry. So that's good, good for, for him. him. Yeah, but, but it could have turned out like just... That's the so opposite. Yeah, you know, it's and that's the problem I feel when you when people start viewing you as you know, you're such a huge idol, but people start turning you into this money making machine. And they scrutinize your right. every move. Yeah, and then on the yeah. fans' point of view, you are you are an object, right? You know, you're an idolized, but you become this You become untouchable. You be- yeah, you become a phenomenon, you it's, know. It's difficult. It's and tough. people don't really see you as a fellow human. I mean, you wouldn't give poison to a fellow human just you on, on a day to day basis. Like, I think hey. they don't see them. Yeah. I think some fans that really take it too far, they don't see them as just fellow human beings like you and I and I wouldn't call these people fans you know I would just call them anties or haters because right, right. it's very scary to think about the fact that you can hate someone that you don't even know so much that you poison them yeah or that you can like someone quotation marks like someone so much that you break into their rooms and stalk them and stalk wake them, them out in the middle of the night that's yeah. not okay and I think there's so much pressure involved in the K-pop industry there have been suicides um, very tragically I think Chinese Kim Jong-hyun yeah yeah Kim Jong-hun died I think late 2017 that was very very tragic and was very sad and it was well while I wouldn't blame the K-pop industry for his death because I think you know there were a lot of things behind the scenes that we might not have known about he had depression you know he had mental health issues and that's a stigma in South Korea that the stigma with seeking treatment and everything and I'm glad that at the very least I think after his death people have been talking a lot more about 
looking at this, actually treating mental health straight up, you know, looking at it not with stigma or anything and looking at it as a condition that needs help, that is serious, that you should not feel ashamed for, you know. And I I mean, it's very tragic. It's very tragic what happened to him. And yeah, but let's hope that no more follow in. in yeah, in, let's in hope that, that steps, you know, yeah. everyone in and out of K-pop, in the entertainment industry and out of the entertainment industry can feel okay being themselves, can feel okay seeking help and can just be human. And I think that's very important. Yeah, yeah. that's very, very important. Pros and cons to every industry, every job that we take on, I yeah. guess. Like, you know, and for some people will thrive and survive and others, hopefully, fewer than more, you know. Um, will drop off the radar. Will drop off the radar. Yeah. And, and even if yeah. you drop off the radar, I hope they still find success elsewhere and find happiness happiness elsewhere. La. Mm. And, but again, you know, pros and cons, as you said. But regardless of what you think of K-pop, you know, regardless of whether you think it's a dark, seedy industry that's manipulative or whether you love it and you love the entertainment value and you love the production values, regardless of what you think, that I think there is no denying that K-pop artists are extremely hardworking people and super talented and very very yeah. talented. In fact, they're beyond talented. They are. They are. They're very talented. A lot of them can sing very well. A lot of them can dance very well. A lot of them can even act and they can mm. like conceptualize things mm. at a very they, high level or they write their own music or produce yeah. like, you know like G-Dragon I think that's not what a lot of people are aware of right that you know a lot of them write their own music BTS yeah. writes their own music yes, yeah exactly. and they put a lot of thought into mm-hmm. conceptualizing Winner, Icon they all write their own music yes. so that's yeah I think they put in a lot of effort and they're very very hardworking. and even if you don't like it you don't like the music you don't like the industry you cannot deny that it's a huge phenomenon and it's Asian representation, you yes. know, in Hollywood. It's that, Asian representation on a lot of different levels. So Yeah, and that's, for me, it's a, it's always a good thing. It's always a win. It's always yeah, a win. Yeah, it's always a yeah. win. Yeah, and I'm going to listen to more K-pop, obviously. I need mm-hmm. to brush up. I mean, half of the bands you mentioned, I don't even know. But, yeah. but it's I a whole... I can introduce you some. Please do. I mean, I'm very yeah. well acquainted with Big Bang, but, you know... Oh, Big Bang. Oh, my yeah, love. Just, my kings. It's just the tip Big of the Big Bang, my kings. Yes. Shout out. Shout yeah, out I know, GD. Oh, I know they're in, like, army right now, but my king are gonna stage a comeback okay <laughs> they will be huge and I love them okay, and why is Songri yeah. not enough for you they have to be five together yeah, it has to be OT5 it's true it's true yeah so I'm really looking forward to that recent K-pop songs that I've been listening to you know I like EXO's Love Shot that was good BTS I went to their concert and I really really like all of their songs you know it really reminded me of how much I like Bipse which I loved uh, it's a rap track Tear which I love I love the rappers la. you know the, the rap tracks are great all uh, the rappers are your bias la. No, I wouldn't call them my bias. I don't really have this whole bias thing going on. Like, I don't just stand one member of the, any group. But no, why not? Well, it's just the thing that I do. Like, Nonsense I, la, Big Bang, your favourite is GD. Or my, yeah, look at that, your face. that one is, I admit, okay, I have a bias. But um, <laughs> BTS, if I had to pick, it's J-Hope. Because I really like his style of rap. Right. But aside from that, you know, I think as a group in general, BTS does produce pretty great music. Went back to listen to their earlier albums. Danger, God, that was great. Butterfly, you know, all of that. Oh, that's great. So, really like all of those music. Another one, I think people should check out if they haven't. K-Indie, Hugo. Hugo is great. Go listen to Mare. God, it's just, Hugo is great. Just go and listen to Hugo. Right. And of course, Tableau, my love. Yes. Okay. You just got to start somewhere. As you got to start somewhere. As a K-pop like, novice like me, you know, I had to start, start somewhere. somewhere. It seems very overwhelming, but you listen to one song, you may not like it, listen to another song, listen to different artists. There are so many genres You now. will find something you will that find you something love. That I you mean, like. it's a 5.5 billion music industry, okay? Yeah. There will be something you love, trust try me. Try it out, guys. Try it out. <laughs> so, alright, that's your dose of pop culture this week. I hope we... 
gave you a large enough dose of pop culture to satisfy your needs. Why are you laughing? <laughs> You're yes, looking I'm, at me weirdly. I'm not. I'm not. Okay, Just the way I, you said satisfy your needs. I hope, Ooh. I hope that was a deep enough dive into K-pop for K-pop novices and K-pop enthusiasts alike. So if you have any ideas on what we should talk about, you know, leave us a comment or write in to podcast at sph.com.sg. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at sph.com.sg. All right. Until next time. Kamsamita. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcasts at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.